Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 59 years of age, Bono from U2. I don't think Mark Spector's as big a U2 fan as I am. I, I'm just going to hazard a guess. Welcome, everybody. This is Oilers Now. Uh, we'll have that interview up with uh, Ken Holland uh, on our podcast, which uh, a lot of people download. Much appreciated. At this time, uh, double hit this week because he is in San Diego. He had a piece out yesterday uh, with Ken Holland. Uh, I think today he's working on a piece with his favorite coach out there, Dallas Aiken. So we bring back to the show Mark Spector, Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. Live racing Saturdays and Sundays out of Nisku at Century Mile. And the truth is, I'm sure Specs like me, we fully expect Dallas Aikens to be named the next head coach of the Anaheim Ducks. But right now he's coaching against Bakersfield with San Diego. Speck is in beautiful San Diego, except it's overcast there. How you doing, Speck? Oh, pretty good. Bobby, how you doing? Good. What's the weather like, my man? A little bit, uh, yeah. I seem to have found the only three cloudy days of the year in San Diego, <laughs> according to everybody here. But, uh, uh, you know what, we're in hockey rinks. The weather's still warm, nice, and uh, it's been a lot of fun being around this team, Bobby. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you, you got a chance and very shrewd move by you, Spec, to uh, follow the uh, the Oilers management caravan down to uh, uh, San Diego. First of all, you get a trip to California. Secondly, uh, you get a little bit kind of unfettered access in the process, right? Because uh, you know they get to see you around. So, what do you you know? Where's your sense of things at right now uh, with Ken? Well, he's in. Uh, he's really a, a collector of opinions. You know, like for instance. I really sense he doesn't want to make a lot of or make any major lineup decisions until he hires a coach, and he wants to say to his coach, "Let's talk about Lucic." You know, what he wants to say to his coach, "What do you want to do with Milan Lucic? What do you think we should do?" Right? He's that guy. He's, you know, he could make a decision, then the buck will stop there because, of course, he's a longtime GM. He knows how to make a call, but he also knows that you should involve a lot of your staff in those in that process. And that's where he's at right now, getting a feeling for what some of these players look like down here. And, uh, you know, he's on the phone a lot, <laughs> which tells you he's talking to some people about some jobs and some things. And, uh, you know, getting his – trying to get a coach hired here, Bobby. I think it's priority number one. Well, he just said that uh, – Matt Brennan, that was probably the biggest thing that I got out of that interview. And, again, what happened here is we got pushed back a little bit just because there were some other things going on. But one of the things that he said is, is he's really kind of uh, deploying Ken Hitchcock as well. Uh, to get a, a bit of a gauge uh, for a coach, which, which frankly would lead me to believe that that would help Dave Tippett. Uh, and Dave Tippett's name is out there. And we had Brian Burke on yesterday, Speck, and Burke, he said that Edmonton's in the driver's seat uh, between Ottawa and Buffalo for a coach just because of McDavid and Dreisaitl. And obviously they have a new building as well, which helps. And then the fan base, right? I mean, we know how passionate the fan base is. Um, so... Uh, on that note, um, you know, where do you think we're at with this, with the coach? Well, 
I think that he wants a veteran guy. I don't think even, you know, I'm not saying Todd Nelson's out of the picture because he's, you know, Ken Holland went out of his way to say to me yesterday, he's Ruby as an example. Just because a guy gets a job and gets fired and goes back to the HL, it doesn't mean he's a failure if he failed the first time. So that also describes Nelson, who's, who's you know, was here for a bit, back to the Grand Rapids, ends up behind uh, Dallas's bench as an assistant. But I sense that, that he wants a guy that's, you know, coached a few hundred games in the NHL. That's the sense I get. So, frankly, that really does put Dave Tippett in a bit of a class of his own. Uh, there seems to be a relationship there. I, I'll tell you this. He hasn't said to me, here's the three guys I want. Yeah. But he certainly hasn't said anything to me that leads me to believe that the Dave Tippett being at the top of the list is a bad call. I think he's at the top of the list, Bob. Yeah, yeah I, I do too. Uh, it's interesting. The fans are... Uh, and again, maybe it's a byproduct of Twitter spec just because, you know, you're dealing with a younger demo. But, uh, uh, you know, there's a guy out there, Tyler Hupka, who's been doing these different polls. And Nelson keeps polling number one all the time on these things sure. by a wide margin. So I think there's some appreciation for maybe what Todd went through here. And, of course, he went to go work for Holland in the Detroit organization. He won for Holland in Detroit on the farm uh, and then was with Dallas this past season. All right. Uh, you were at the game the other night. Did you think they were dead in the water at uh, 6-4 in the third period? <laughs> well, yeah, I certainly did. I also thought they had it wrapped up when they were up 4-2, or I think it was earlier in the game. Uh, it was quite a game. You know, it's, it was really entertaining as heck. Lots of goals, obviously. And, uh, you know, uh, Tyler Benson scores with 10 seconds left, and then Lagesson drifts one in at about, uh, I don't know what it was, 45 seconds in overtime or something. And they get new life. So, you know, here's a team that was looking at a 3 nothing deficit in a series, which we all know is pretty much death. And they wriggled off the hook, man. You know, they got the late goal, and then they won it in OT. Now it's 2-1. to one. Win tonight, you're going home tied up. Uh, there's some character there, right? There's something you can, that's a building block that you put down and say, okay, we did this once. Why can't we do it again? The goaltenders maybe had a bit of a tough game. Um, I want to get some thoughts on some of the prospect defensemen that you saw. Caleb, yeah. uh, so put your best scouts hat on. I know it's not an area of strength for you, Spec. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, what did you think of Caleb Jones? What did you think of Ethan Bear? What did you think of William Lagason and Evan Bouchard? There's four there well, to talk about. Yeah, right. I mean, the first thing you got to say is, I've watched these guys once live. So, yeah, I've got some opinions. But I think the biggest mistake you can make is walking in and watching the guy one game and saying, okay, you know, here's what he's like. So I preface my comments. Uh, I had a long talk with Kate of Jones and Ethan Bear, in fact, yesterday. And uh, Jones, is, Jones is a transporter, man. He can, you know, he, he'll take the puck out from behind his net and look up ice and and this has always been a thing for me. If there's no one to pass to, that means everyone's covered. That means there's probably room to skate, and he's happy to skate it. So, you know, he's he's looking to pass but happy to transport the puck. The thing I noticed with him in the offensive zone is the play he really loves off of the um, off the point is he'll pass the puck to the half wall or to the corner and then bolt for the net and look for that return pass. So he's looking at the offense. Uh, so he says, you know, there's a lot there. I think he looks very close to being ready to play for the little sample size I've seen. Ethan Bear has got a killer shot. Uh, he can really rifle the puck. And uh, I had a long talk with him. And, you know, Bob, the knock on him was he showed up for camp not in as good a shape as he should have been this year. And he's had a real reckoning, he said yep. to me. He said, 
I'm coming to Edmonton all summer. He says, I've had my fun. I had my fun last summer. I've had it in other summers. He said, that's it for me. It's time to get serious about making the NHL. He said, I didn't realize. I'm just writing this piece. I'll have it out in about an hour. I didn't realize what it took to be an NHL player. And now I realize there's no days off. There's no going home and hanging out with my friends. I'm coming here to make a team next year, and I'm going to be in better shape than all these other guys. So I thought that was good. He took a long look in the mirror, Bob. Yeah. Which is, I think, what you want. Uh, the Lagasin kid is, is a little more subtle, right? He's that, you know, I want to go back to the old Oilers and think about the way kind of Kevin Lowe played. All the other guys were doing flashy, crazy stuff, and Kevin Lowe was just that kind of guy that was the hard rock, you know, player that maybe wasn't on the score sheet. You didn't notice as much, but, man, was he important in helping your team win. Uh, Jay Woodcroft says Lagasin's been as good a defenseman as he's had here all year, and coaches like guys that keep the puck out of their net, which is what the Oilers need. So Lagos has got a chance to play for sure, Bob. There's a there's he's big, and there's a player there, man. They got three guys here that, you know, two of them I'll bet you are going to play at some point. Oh, I I think two of them are going to be on the team next year to start the year. I've said all along. Could I think be. you know you'll see four of the six other defensemen that finish the year here for sure. But I think there's going to be two new guys integrated in the top six. Mark, what about Evan Bouchard? How much did he play in that game? What did you notice about him? Well, this is what you saw. He started the game as a seventh defenseman and didn't play as much uh, until they got behind. And then all of a sudden Woodcroft said, okay, and he had a regular spot, and he started playing him a lot more. In fact, he moved him into top three minutes, I would say, over the last, let's say, the last 25 minutes of the game. And Bouchard delivered. You know, he shoots it great. He's He's got really good offensive instincts and skills he's very patient remember that guy bob we've all seen this guy you you a defenseman has got the puck and you think i'm gonna go take it from him and and they always somehow you just can never get it they always look like they were gonna move it they always yep. looked like they had a play for it and in the end they didn't do anything and you never got the puck and they were just the patient pace setting defenseman that's what he reminds me of yeah uh yeah, he's got to get stronger. Yeah, he's got to, you know, I'd love to see, let's say, a kid like Ethan Bear make the orders next year and buy Bouchard a half a year or more in the minors. That yeah. would be a perfect scenario. Yeah, there, so, I mean, even, you know, there was times I, I, I probably saw him play five times in the OHL this year, Spec, and there were a couple times he looked like he was standing still. Um, there were a couple times, you know, people keep bringing up gap. I'm like, okay, you know, but he could afford to play that way in junior because he's so smart and so good. Yeah, and, different here. You know, he's it's he's going to have to move his he's going to have to move his feet, but when he does, he can do it. And he had a, you know what? He was one of the guys that got blamed for Canada. You were there at the World Juniors, like Canada didn't win, and he was got one of the guys seen as. Uh, not delivering, and all I can think of, Spec, is if he scores on that breakaway that they got the penalty shot on against the Finns, we're having an entirely different conversation. And you know what? If they even let him take the penalty shot in overtime and he scores, we're having maybe yeah, maybe. maybe a different conversation. Up front, they got a forward that uh, I know Jack Michaels and myself both really liked, and that's Ryan McLeod in preseason. He was in the Oilers rookie games against the Flames rookies. He was probably the best player. Uh, he's big, he can skate, but he's raw. What did you see the other night against San Diego? Well, they played him on a line with Josh Curry and Tyler Benson. Uh, and he just stands out like he's a, such a stud. He can really skate. 
you know, and here's a guy, they list him at 6'5". I'm not sure if he's 6'4", 6'5". But, really? Wow. You know, uh, they list him at 6'5". I didn't, I stood I think he's 6'3". I think he's 6'3". I had him at 6'3", 6'4". <laughs> but that's yeah. plenty big, Bob, right? Yeah. That's big, and that, oh, yeah. that's Ryan Getzlaff size. So I'm okay with that. Um, but, man, can he fly. Like, he just gets around the ice so well. And, you know, he's clearly got offensive instincts. He's got tons of junior points. He, you know, the, he's just another guy that, if handled properly, right, he looks like such a nice player that could play for you for a long time. But, you know, Bob, let's can we talk a little bit about the minors here? Um, you know, I was always – I was a Jesse Pugliarvi should have been in the AHL guy, and – I got to tell you, like I haven't spent enough time down here, and I'm not an AHL expert, believe me. But just coming down here and watching the, how it works, like a guy could listen. Jesse Poyarvi struggled Edmonton, and he had to walk in the room every day. And there's all this media, and there's all these people in town, and we're all talking about him. And it was must have been hard to be Jesse Poyarvi because he's a young kid, and it didn't go very good. You come down here, and no one cares, and no one knows who you are, and you learn how to struggle. Right? If things don't go well down here. You learn the lesson, and you learn how to do it in privacy, where a kid should be learning. And then by the time you get up top to the NHL, you've, you've earned it, man. You didn't step out of junior and get on the charter flight. You stepped out of junior, and yeah. you came down here where the other day they played quadruple overtime and had to play the very next day. Like, there's so many intangibles about being in the minors that every single player should go through. And skipping this step to me, Bob, just standing there and watching them practice, skipping this step is absolute lunacy, in my opinion. Well, I mean, some guys, it wasn't lunacy for Connor McDavid. He obviously doesn't. Okay. That's a, you know, How many other guys are You're right. That's that. He's the unicorn. Hey, uh, he's a unicorn. You know what? And, and in the case of Pugliarvi, you know, a, a really persuasive agent plays a factor sometimes in things as well. And the other thing, the one, look, I'll say, I, what do I always say? 75% of it's on the player. 25% of it's on different scenarios, and I don't think Jerry Fleming was the right guy for Jesse Pugliarvi when he went down there, and I wondered how different it would have been. If, like, I, And I think part of what's happened this year has been Woodcroft's demeanor and his attitude and his approach. Because you don't come back in a, sure. you don't come back in a game like you got to get guys to play for you. That's it, it's as simple as that. And the difference now for Edmonton Spec for me than maybe when Todd Nelson was coaching in OKC, like they have guys like Alex Giroux. You know, you know, fifty goal score in in in, uh, in the AHL, making five hundred. Like they were dependent. Right. There was very few other prospects. And what's exciting about this year, and again, will happen next year. There'll even be more integration of Oilers prospects. Is there actually Oilers prospects driving the train? Yeah, that's it. They've got some. I mean, their top line here is Gambardella, Malone, and Russell. So, you know, those are. I mean, Gamperdell had five points the other night, yeah. so maybe he's making a case. But certainly, you've got Benson on the second line with McLeod. You've got a bunch of guys on the uh, and you would have and you would have had Yamamoto. Would have been another guy. You would have had Yamamoto, but he's had surgery. He's done for the season. Ne- next so. year, you'll have Maximov and McLeod down there full time, and maybe Safin, who's had a horrendous year, by the way, for Halifax. Now, I mean, right. he's, he's he's playing on their fourth line. Like this, after being a a pretty good player in that league the year before, Mark just right. just and by the way, speaking of Benson, then that's the final guy I'm going to ask. You, you talked about Ethan Bear, the yeah. guy that did the exact opposite, and granted he lives in Edmonton. Tyler Benson never missed one skate last year in the, with uh, David Pelche. Not one. Like, he he went like 38 for 38 over about an eight-week stretch. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was yep. there, and, and he's still got a lot of work to do. 
But you saw him last night. What did you see? Or two nights ago, what did you see? Well, it's funny because him and Bear, I was talking to together, and it sounds like Bear's just going to hang out with Benson all summer and try to do what he did. <laughs> so there's your example, right? Uh, you know, Benson's a, diff- a funny, a really interesting cat because, you know, we all know he missed basically three summers and partial seasons because of injury. So he's 20, or is he 21? might have just turned 21 but like developmentally bob he's still like he's 18 or 19 he's missed so much time right so here's a guy he's first year pro he is he's second in the league in regular season in rookie scoring but the guy ahead of him's played like eight more games and he's about three points behind so he's damn near led the league in rookie scoring he's first year pro and he's missed all this time so what happens? Like they say, he needs to pick up a half a step, and I get that. He probably does. But what happens if he actually gets to train for a few years here and, and catches up to all the time he's missed? Like there could be an excellent player here. A little bit of speed, a little bit of work with Dave Pelche in the summer. Uh, he's the guy, Bob, who when he pulls a puck out of his feet along the wall, he looks. He doesn't have to look up and find people. He already knows. He's where always they are. been smart. He's always been He's got smart. Got that thing yeah. right. Yeah. Like, and you know who does this is Drysaddle for me. Like Drysaddle, he just knows where you are before he gets the puck, not after. And so does Benson. Like the guys who play with him. I talked to Josh Curry. He said it's incredible. Like he comes out of a battle and finds you. Like how does he know where you were? He's in the battle and he knows where his people are on the ice. So there's a good good player there, uh, and I bet you. With some health and proper training, he'll get that step he needs. Mark, great stuff. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Next week, you'll be on with Brendan Escott, okay? All right. Have a good uh, week off, Bobby. You bet. That's Mark Spector, staffer inspector for Horse Racing Alberta, live racing out at Century Mile. We'll take a one-minute break and wrap up Oilers now. This is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bod Stoffer on 630 Chet. 153 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza Mediterranean Chicken. To this day in Oilers history, Brendan Escott, what do you got? Back in 2006, Bob, the Oilers get a two point night from Rafi Torres before Sean Horkoff scores at 2.24 of the third overtime period to give the Oilers a 3-2 win over the Sharks. That cut San Jose's second round series lead to 2-1. And of note, Yaroslav Spachek, Chris Pronger, each logging over 46 minutes in that game. I remember there were people saying the Oilers were done after San Jose dominated the opening two games in San Jose and the Oilers came back and won four straight. Uh, Inside Sports tonight with guest host Dave Campbell, what's he got rolling? We're fluid tonight. Good, good fluid show. All right, Brendan Escott's going to have you uh, coming up next week on Oilers Now. Saturday night, Western Conference Final, St. Louis and San Jose, 6 p.m., 6.30, Chad. Up next, uh, news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by 6.30, Chad, afternoon news with Jalen Nye. You got to grind, baby. You got to have desire. So long, everybody.
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.